Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Colin Esla. I'm here with Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. And Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Sure, Cornell. Well, the paper that we're going to discuss today, the title is An Analysis of Broadcasting Media Using Social Media Engagement in the WNBA. So five authors, and Pegoraro and Weather Kennedy from University of Guelph in Canada, Nola Aga and Nicholas Brown from University of San Francisco in the United States, and David Berry from Southern Utah University also in the United States. So this paper has been published in the last year, 2021, in Frontiers in Sports and Active Living. So it's a pretty interesting paper talking about the engagement of fans in WNBA using Twitter accounts. So it's a very nice story. Yeah, I like this paper. I have actually a friend. We used to watch a lot of sports uh, together, a lot of, uh, a lot of soccer. And now he can't watch a game without tweeting. So he's all the time with the smartphone on the hand. And whatever something happens, he goes to Twitter and he posts about it. So I thought this was a very timely paper. I also had the opportunity to spend some time with Debbie Berry in, in Utah. And I'm happy to discuss this. I can understand oh. what you mean, Carlos. For me, I see it from a completely different perspective. I think this paper is interesting as well, but because I know nothing about it, I don't use any social media. So <laughs> I'm the complete contrast to your friend, but still I wanted to understand how people, you know, interact with that. So this is why I think it's an interesting paper as well, even though I don't use any social media. <laughs> well, the podcast is in Twitter, so somehow you are now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm forced to, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so let's start introducing these. It's like in the early beginning, they speak that the broadcasting in early times, sport leagues and sport clubs, they fear the introduction of sport broadcasting, saying that it would reduce attendance levels. But it turns out that actually it was the opposite. In reality, this became the biggest source for most, if not all, professional sports in the world. And then they provide some literature about that. And then they say about advancements in technology. So is what they tackle here. So with the introduction of more and more technology, so the traditional media outlets, they were somehow replaced by new medias, by OTT, so by streaming platforms. So they're saying that with more media, with more technology, fans have more choice to watch so they didn't need to turn the tv on in that particular time to watch a single game as it was some decades ago and through these sports got more audiences so it turned more affordable and accessible option for fans to watch different sports in particular to wnba they don't say that i mean what they say is that wnba is not as big as the NBA or NFL. So in this sense, they use these opportunities like OTT in order to optimize, to maximize their revenues, to be a wider audience as well. So people that perhaps wouldn't turn on the TV to watch WNBA because they are familiar with other sports, they had other options to other media channels to watch 
WNBA. And at the same time, actually, the authors mentioned this whole online environment they call this online engagement when people tweet or they post something on facebook and they said that this is part of the fun experience at the moment and i do agree i think this has become a part of the fun experience even though Cornell does not use it, because we can all relate a little bit to this, being part of Twitter, being part of Facebook and commenting on the sports games and so on. No, absolutely. And I mean, what they say is that leagues and, leagues and clubs have the chance to share their own content from their clubs, from their players, directly with the fans. That usually was truly hard to get this content. So this paper were dealing with these two situations of new technologies and media, and using the Twitter, as we mentioned before, the research question was how does social media engagement differ across various broadcast media? Because what they say, the WNBA is not broadcasted by a single channel. So ESPN2, ESPN3, NBA TV, local TV, WNBA, League Pass, Twitter. So it broadcasted in a variety and a various number of different numbers of channels. And then they can, let's say, understanding the different behaviors of fans according to where the game is broadcasted, they can understand the differences and also help the league and the clubs to take more, like say, informed decisions about this engagement with the fans. Okay. For me, that was really interesting to focus a little bit on the method here. And I have to go back a tiny bit. It's not true that I don't have any experience with social media. You know, I did have a Facebook account 12 years, I think. So, you know, <laughs> that is my experience with social media. But here they make a very strong case why they use Twitter and not something else. Because to say if fans want to interact, they mostly use Twitter for that. And they say also for clubs. They use Facebook more, let's say, like a homepage. So I think the authors make a very strong case why it's interesting to focus on Twitter. And then they have three things that, let's say, they're outcome variables. This is what you would say as an economist uh, if you focus on data science. But they have three things that they focus intensely on. And the first one is interactions per home team post, interactions per away team post. And the third one is the average game interactions per post for both home and away team. And obviously this makes sense because you want to see if someone posts something from a team, how fans interact with it. And then they don't only look at one season, but at three seasons, so from 2016 until 2018. And then they say, you know what? We want to see how the posts are influenced by a few things that go on in the game. So how do different factors influence interaction on posts? And when you read the paper, you see that what they included intuitively makes sense. So as today already mentioned, they see, okay, suppose a match is on ESPN2, ESPN3, or NBA TV or somewhere else, how does this influence interaction on a post? Because maybe there are more people watching it at one area and less at another one and how does this influence the interaction on this post and then the other variables they include also are sensible so they focus on whether or not an mvp plays or there are many all-stars on the field and the last one that i specifically wanted to mention because i included this myself in analysis before is if the region is more populous so they look at whether or not this has any 
influence on the interaction on a post. Why do they do it? Because they say, you know what? If you're in a larger region, your market might be bigger. So this is why they also control for that. So there are many factors that influence interaction on a team post. But Carlos, what are the results? So what do they find? For me, there are actually three big results. The first one is not highly evident in the paper, but I think it's really important. And is that the increase in social media engagement, in this case, Twitter, has increased this over the last years in the WNBA. So this is very important because this means that the WNBA, the women's basketball competition, is growing. So that, for me, was the first interesting result of this paper. Overall interactions are increasing. Then the authors do analyze this number of interactions. And what they mean is liking, commenting, or sharing on a post that the team puts out there on Twitter. So that's what they call interactions, this liking, sharing, or commenting. And then they focus on two different things. On the one hand, they focus on the influence that team and athlete quality have on these interactions. And then they do find some results that make sense. So the more MVP players in the game, the higher number of All-Stars players on the court, or actually being a champion the previous year, all of this has a positive effect on the number of interactions with the post. And then they focus on a different thing, and it's the type of broadcast. This that Cornell mentioned before, they call in the paper broadcast medium, and it's where the game is shown ESPN 1, 2, 3, League Pass, local TV, whatever. And what they found, it's actually interesting. Games that are shown on this League Pass or local TV, this is the majority of games for the WNBA, have a lower number of interactions. And this is a little bit counterintuitive because supposedly people will be watching the game and tweeting at the same time. But this is not the case through this League Pass and local TV. When people watch the game live in this broadcast medium, they tweet less. And this argument is a little bit counterintuitive. And the same happens with Twitter. When the game is broadcasted on Twitter, people tweet less. This is a bit more uh, straightforward because uh, if people are already watching the game live uh, on Twitter, they cannot really post on Twitter at the same time. Or it's a little bit more difficult. So the results are really important to understand how the WNBA can increase this engagement and through which platforms they should show the games. I wanted to ask you something regarding the results because I have really no idea. Do you think that maybe interaction with posts would decrease with age? So do you know what I mean? Is it maybe only younger people? Because I could imagine if you're, let's say, above 40 or 50 that you don't tweet. I don't know. I mean, there are politicians as well that are tweeting. So I don't know. I really don't know. But my guess is it doesn't have to do with age. I think it's more of a global thing, of a global phenomenon. It might have to do with regional, perhaps, identities or nationality. In different countries, we watch sports in a different way. I don't know to what extent this, this can be true. But I don't think it has to do with the age. This is one point, a nice point that I would like to comment that would be for further research. Understand who is posting, because perhaps even the post might vary according to the audience of each particular channel, because may different people watch through different broadcast channels and then they could understand. So it would also help the league in order to maximize the engagement and the revenues as the, is their goal. Mm -hmm. And how the authors call this, the results are more relevant to these leagues that are perhaps a little bit less popular or 
women's sports in general because they have like what they call a non-traditional broadcasting system or a broadcasting model so they don't have like a main broadcast service so they have to look for different services perhaps at the same time so these results they place them within this specific context and i think it's a very nice contribution that's great cornell tadeo thank you very much this is everything for today's podcast thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece stay tuned